You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Kraft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present, and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Kraft. Hello, everyone. This is Gail Kraft from the Empowering Process podcast. And I have with me our guest today is Tom Ruwich, right? Yes. Yes, right. And Tom is pretty remarkable guy. He's all about resilience uh, and he has a business that he runs right now and it's called Story Power Marketing. And he really has a couple of stories that he's going to share with us about shit happens. And uh-huh. then I need to pick myself up and keep going. Thanks for joining me, Tom. Gail, thank you. Really happy to be here. It's going to be so much fun. So, um, so let's go. I, you know, I love the dot com era. Um, I remember, um, was it Y two K was going on and all the crazy yeah. and Y two K. Now you have all of these amazing engineers and programmers and developers with nothing much left to do, right? And so they went into this new thing called the internet right? Mm-hmm. And this dot-com business, it was something I co- totally didn't understand, right? And I know that I lost some friends from corporate into that that venture. So um, talk to me a little bit about the business that you started during that time and, sure. and how it flourished. Sure. And it didn't. Yeah. So uh, my background was in journalism. I'd been a newspaper reporter for a long time. And, and then I moved back to my hometown of St. Louis, Missouri, and went to work at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch and began to work on the internet side of the newspaper. Um, online newspapers sort of came on the, on the scene, pardon me, mm-hmm. <coughs> came on the scene in the mid-90s or so, and this was mm-hmm. 1996 to 1999. And then another person and I uh, from the Post-Dispatch left and co-founded a company called Sports Huddle. And what we did is built software for media companies to collect and then publish both online and offline high school sports statistics. And we grew that company by raising money. We had a venture capital investment, angel investment. We grew that company from two, the two of us, to 85 people in 18 months, starting in 1999. And we had clients around the country, New York Times, Dallas Morning News, Washington Post, uh, San Francisco Chronicle, you name it. We had uh, newspaper companies all over the country that were using our software, that were using it to create their high school sports online statistics. Those those sections were getting outrageous amounts of traffic. Everything was online or in line. We were trending right where we wanted to be. We were about 18 months into it. And then the dot com boom turned into the dot bomb boom. <laughs> I love it. com. Around in the middle of in the middle of about 2000, early 2000 is when a lot of the bad companies uh, began to fail. All the money that had been washing into the market began to uh, recede out of the market and bad companies and good. We were 
we were on track. We were keeping our promises to our investors. We had investors who were telling us that we were on track to hit our long-term goals much sooner than we thought. But we also were hearing from investors who were saying, yeah, nobody's doing investments right now. The market has just dried up and we weren't to the point of profitability yet. So we had grown this company and then we had to lay off a bunch of people. We had to sell the company. Um, we had to move on and uh, it was devastating. And um, But I learned a lot from it and about a year after that happened, I built another company. I started an email service provider company, a company that creates the software for building, uh, sending, tracking email marketing campaigns. And this was in 2001, before most people had heard of email marketing, much less <laughs> uh, got involved with it. And so uh, I had to build that, that company in a much different way. I partnered with a software firm that saw the promise of it. We didn't raise capital. We did it. You know, we bootstrapped the business Bootstrap. without capital. Um, and I ran that company for 19 years before selling it at uh, the very end of 2019. So, um, so before we hit into the latest business that you're in, sure. Um, let's backtrack a little bit. So, here you are. You worked for a company. You work for companies. Then mm -hmm. you go out on your own in your yeah. first step into being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And everything is looking rosy, yeah. and then the bomb hits. Yeah, um, and people don't don't understand. It's it's not that the dot coms were a problem. It's mm. that so many of them came out so fast with just barely a clue as to what they were doing, mm -hmm. and the money was pouring because it looked like this is it. The internet right. is it. And it's true. It was. Yep. It was just a little premature, I think. Um, and so the businesses that were, um, like you were saying, on track, they had a good plan that were were um, honoring the plan, honoring their investors, went down because the money dried up. Fear. Yeah. Um, anyone who, so my minor is, is definitely um, um, in in the, the money understanding money and, and mm -hmm. where that flows. And it really consumer expectations is the biggest driver of market. It has sure. nothing to do, right? It has nothing to do with what's going on in the stock market. It has nothing to do with reality. It's consumers' expectations and, um, and investors' expectations. And so they were expecting failure. They had seen failure. They were pulling out. And so it was a year and a half, you said, before you started your next business. What was going on in your mind, emotionally, physically, right? What were you thinking? What were yeah. you feeling during that time? Well, I initially, I, I was bitter. I was frustrated. I felt like things beyond my control um, had, had led to this dream and this, this great ride we were on coming apart. Um, I wasn't initially sure what to do at first. I okay. felt like I had let down people who were working for me. Yeah. I had let down angel investors, including family members who, in, who had invested in the company. But then uh, I said a moment ago, 
you know, things beyond my control. As time passed, I began to recognize that there were forces beyond my control that became, that were really the primary factors that mm -hmm. uh, contributed to this. And it really helped me develop a sense uh, in, in my future business ventures of focusing on the things that I can control and not getting too hung up or hung up at all on those things that I can't control. And if you focus on, on what's right in front of you, what you can control, prioritize appropriately, and just keep your eye on the ball in that regard, you, you can succeed. And, and if you fail, then you failed doing the best that you could controlling the things that you can control. So I learned lessons from that. I developed a sense of perseverance and thick skin that I wouldn't have otherwise developed at all, as quickly, if at all. And uh, it really helped me as I, I ran the next company called MarketBolt that I founded in 2001. Well, what's interesting is, um, so let's, let's your business is now about storytelling and mm -hmm. what you, what you learned right in 2000 was not to tell stories, right? Not to make up stories, but to yeah. focus on what's really in front of you. So, so there's a little irony there. I'm just saying. Right? No, I mean, I, I like that. And, and when we talk about in, in my current work that I do with clients, we do a lot of mindset work where we talk about the fact that really when you are struggling with mindset, it's often about telling yourself stories that aren't true. Right. Uh, you know, imposter right? syndrome. Oh my God. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a creative person. I don't have a good story to tell. All of these are stories that we tell ourselves. So, so indeed, uh, you're, you're right to put your finger on it. That um, when I fell out of the business, when Sports Huddle uh, failed, I was telling myself a lot of stories, um, pointing fingers uh, outward, pointing fingers at myself. And, and you're in a very emotional state when something like that happens. Pardon me. Mm -hmm. You're in a very emotional state and you have to step back from the emotional state, look at things rationally, and then draw the lessons that are useful and that are going to dr drive you forward. Right. If you're going to rise out of the ashes of whatever, uh, whatever burned you down. Right. Becoming the Phoenix yeah. is all about the lessons. Right. Um, and and there's a gift in the lessons. Right. And Absolutely. so that. Yes. And so the gift you you put your big boy panties on uh -huh. and you started and, or, or boxer shorts, whatever, and started another business. Right. Yeah. Um, and that business ended up being really quite successful and it was ahead of its time. It was. Yeah. I'm not going to suggest that I invented email marketing. I didn't, but I saw how email had enormous potential. And, and, and I drew that also from my, my previous experience. So I had come out of the media business right. where so much revenue for newspapers was coming from 
classified advertising and display advertising. So the the model, the idea of display advertising uh, in a print publication is the advertiser buys space, quarter page, half page, full page, whatever it is. They have an expectation that so many thousands or hundreds of thousands of pairs of eyeballs are going to look at that ad and they hope that that equation so many eyeballs looking at my ad will lead to business right okay? um right. it's not it's not a perfect media model and in fact if we think about how uh advertising developed on the internet display advertising and banner advertising was the first thing that that happened and it's the thing that we were doing to monetize our websites we were doing we were selling banner ads and so forth and that revenue growth around banner ads was very very slow right what's happened since the late 90s is that people have recognized that the internet is an incredibly powerful medium for connecting buyers and sellers directly and and allowing buyers and sellers to interact and converse in ways that you can't with the display advertising model. Uh, the display advertising model is more here I am, dial this number, or show up in my store or buy my product. But the internet is so much more powerful than that. And I recognize that in the early 2000s, late 90s, coming out of it, I was thinking, you know, th this display model kind of let us down at Sports Huddle. It didn't generate enough revenue quickly enough for us to get over the hump without more investors. Um, we predicted it. I mean, we, we sort of knew that that was be the revenue growth. We were on track, but it still was not ideal. And I began to experiment and, and play with the idea that, well, what about vendors, sellers, connecting directly with buyers and having re building relationships with them and and conversing with them and email is a very very powerful medium to do that and for all of the people who have said over the years email marketing is dead which i began to hear the minute after i started my business in 2001 there were people who were saying you're nuts to do this email marketing will never work and then when email marketing took hold, there were people, oh, now we have text messaging, email marketing is dead. Oh, now we have Facebook, email marketing is dead. Uh, no, email marketing remains a really powerful medium for connecting buyers and sellers. And and yeah, I, I recognized that 20, now 22 years ago and uh, built a nice business around that idea. Right. So, um, so first of all, I love the word that experiment. Um, mm -hmm. I actually, you know, I am an empowerment master and I work with people on mindset, um, but beyond that. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I educate people on is that like, don't take this life so freaking seriously. <laughs> right on. It's an experiment. If you were working in a lab and you put a few chemicals together and they blew up, would you walk away from the lab and never go again? No, you would look at your notes and figure out what you needed to tweak and you would do the experiment again. Yep. So put your, again, big girl panties on, right? Yeah. And do it again. Don't give up on yourself, yeah. right? 
Yeah. And, and, and that goes back to the lessons learned from that, that business failure that uh, I think it's Jim Rohn who talks about or talked about turning frustration into fascination. And so something goes wrong or you're dealing with a prospect or a client who is being a pain in the neck or you lose a prospect or a client. And the reaction can often be initially deep frustration and emotion and, and that only gets you stuck. But if you respond by saying, well, this is a fascinating thing. What right? went wrong? Why or, did this client and I not click? Right. Do I, is it time I for have... me to find a new client, a different client? Yeah. Has my business and model changed so much that I'm no longer in alignment with that client? Exactly. Then and, who is know, my what, client? What can I do to change this? And if you approach the, these, these, these challenges, even failures, with a sense of fascination as opposed to frustration, you're always going to fail forward. And, and, and that's something that I had to fail backwards Mm -hmm. (laughs) to discover. Right. Right. And so you sold your second business and um, I want you to share with us why you got into this new business Sure. and then your timing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 2001, email marketing business. Most people hadn't heard of email marketing. I, I need to give you the backstory before right. I get up to to the end of, of this business. We had lots and lots and lots of clients who would come to us and say, great, now we have the software to create, deliver, and track email campaigns. Uh, where do we buy the list from? Are you going to sell us a list? We'd say, no, 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 you don't buy the list, you build the list, build a list. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And so we very quickly, when I built MarketVault, the email company in 2001, we very quickly around the software as a service business, built an agency, helping our clients with lead generation websites, landing page, follow-up sequences, doing campaigns for them, all of that kind of stuff. So we were very intimately involved with hundreds of businesses that were doing their email marketing campaigns. And what we noticed over 19 years of running email marketing campaigns for some of our clients and then watching others try to run their own campaigns without our help is that when things didn't go well, the clients were very quick to chase the shiny, the shiny um technology squirrel and say, oh, I need a better tool. I want, I need a better marketing automation tool, or I want a better and fancier designed funnel. Give me a better funnel. Or they blame the tactician, blame the tool, blame the, t- uh, the tactic, blame the tactician. And what very few businesses did then, and very few businesses still do today, is look at marketing struggles and say, well, maybe the message is the challenge. Maybe I'm not putting out the right content or the right story to captivate and connect with my audience. And so long before I sold MarketVault, the email company, in the agency that we built around the software, I was having conversations with my clients about how can you make your content more captivating? How can you stand out? How can you put messaging out there that's not the same old boring 
blah, blah, blah stuff that you feel frustrated creating. You get stuck. It's not fun. You don't think it works. So we were having that conversation 10 years ago or more with a handful of our clients who wanted to listen. When we sold the software company, I spun out. Now, this is the end of 2019, the very beginning of 2020. I spun out the agency relationships that we maintained and kept those and rebranded as Story Power Marketing. And the promise of Story Power Marketing is that executive coaches, professional service providers, authors, anyone who packages their expertise for sale to serve clients, they hire us to power up their creative content and storytelling. Because as I said, so many of them are dishing out the same old boring, blah, blah, blah content. And then they get frustrated and feel stuck when their prospects and clients tune out and move on. So we teach them how to transform their content from boring to brilliant, from ignored to adored, turn the process from frustrating to fulfilling and fun, and ultimately transform the bottom line, because if you can be the one who can stand out above all the sameness, which is getting more same because people are pressing buttons and asking AI robots to do it, right. and, and the mountain of sameness is just getting exponentially bigger at a... At a Thank you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> at a dramatic rate. So all the more reason today for you to focus on how can I get out there with a unique voice and be entertaining and captivating and stand out because information is not enough. Information is a commodity and the robots can dish out information way faster and at far higher volumes than you can. And if that's all you're doing, you know, dishing out information, you're going to fall, 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 fall behind. You're going to disappear. You're going to disappear. Yeah. And so we created Story Power Marketing right at, at the very, very beginning of 2020. You asked about timing. This little thing happened in late March 2020. Um, the world shut down. So right. um, it was a, I, I would call it an inconvenient time to have started a business. But at the same time, it, it proved to be a great blessing for me. Um, I think if I had not been through the challenges that we've already discussed today, yeah. I might have recoiled, um, surrendered right. when COVID hit. Right. Um, but I was ready to face that challenge. And I realized, you know, all right, what are the things that I can control? Right. I'm, I'm going to be meeting with fewer people. I have to master and adopt the whole online meeting, Zoom thing. I have to change how I am putting myself out there in marketing and this is a remarkable opportunity when this company is very, very young for me to spend more time than I probably otherwise would have without COVID, spend more time focusing on the business as opposed to working in the business. And we got through 2020 in great shape. We've been going ever since. And, uh, the, the, and then and then you met me, right? And so then I met you and, you know, it's been zoom, it's zoom, been zoom ever since. Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> yeah. So, so telling your story. So, you know, I just wrote down um, being authentic and telling your story. Yeah. I remember when I started um, doing the t- 
the types of coaching that I do and it's unique. I don't, I'm not a typical coach. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember my marketing coach, because I had a marketing coach, a network marketing coach. I had lots of people teaching me to do this thing, mm-hmm. right? And what happened is I was doing their thing. Right. Right. And it was frustrating. It wasn't yep. bringing me the clients I wanted to bring. It was mm-hmm. really, um, and I would go go home and go, I don't understand why until I failed, and went, well, you know, thank you, everyone, for your input. Bye. I need mm-hmm. to figure out who I am. Right. Right. And I met this woman who is um, a genius PR marketing woman, a, a genius. I mean, um, uh, you know, I'll tell you about her after we're done. Um, and she looked at me and she said, Gail, just show up as you, what you have to offer. People will just come because it's you. Yeah. Stop doing that. Yep. Yeah. Right. And then I had to go home and go, well, who the hell am I? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Right. Yeah. Show up as you. Right. Um, and it, since then, the my focus on being authentic and honestly, who I am in all aspects has served me greatly. Yeah. I, right? I, I love that you said that and that you shared that story because I run into this all of all the time. Um, so professional service providers, financial planners, attorneys, uh, tax resolution people, uh, so forth. They will, when I am preaching, uh, put some personality in your content, have some fun, lighten up. They will say, well, I'm a professional. I'm not an entertainer. I don't want to be an entertainer. And then I'll, I'll point out to ones whom I know, well, wait a minute, when I sit down in your office, or when you describe to me what's going on, when you meet with a client, you're talking for several minutes before you ever get down to nuts and bolts and law and and stock reports and so forth. You're talking about the family, you're sharing stories, you're telling jokes, you're being a human being. And that's half the reason that they want to be with you. That's half the reason that they choose you and stick with you. And yet when you send out marketing pieces, you want to be, I'm the very serious marketer who knows very serious information. That's very serious for you to know. Uh, No, be you just as you said, Gail. And, and, you know, this gets us back to the robots, right? Right. What, what so many, the great mistake that millions of people are making right this moment is they're saying, oh my goodness, I could press a button and say, hey, robot, tell, you know, write me a blog post about uh, how to delegate better. I'm a coach and I help my clients delegate and write me a post about delegation. And they'll write a post about delegation in 12 seconds. And then you'll read it and you'll think, oh, this sounds a little robotic. And you can tell the robot, oh, make it a little, give it a little more personality and, 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 and it will, you know, make it a little funnier. And then you think, all right, I, I did it. I, I created some 
copy that has the personality that has the important information. I've checked all the boxes and then you send it out and then you have a meeting with the prospect and the person who sit at you are sitting there across the zoom room or across a, a table from somebody. And now you're, you're being you and you bear no resemblance to whoever, you know, the robot that sent out that stuff. Right. And that's <laughs> what was happening um, and, and I'll be perfectly, I, I will be perfectly candid. So one of the things that I, that I did is I, you know, I joined a BNI group, right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and what do they want? They want a business coach. I'm not a business coach. I have been, mm -hmm. you know, process improvement was how I, my claim to fame in corporate. I was amazing. Right. right? I want to do that. It's no. That's why I got out of corporate, yeah. right? I could do it with my eyes shut, but that's where I was pushed to. And that's what I was doing. And I hated, hated it. So, so, you know, I had this conversation with myself with, well, if I am my own boss, why do I hate what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. This is, this is not right. I should be doing what I love doing. Right. I, I, it should, life should be in the, I use this word. This is my word it should be delicious. Yeah. Right? I love it. Right. Yeah. And so that's when, you know, the whole authenticity thing came into place. And and quite frankly, you know, Tom, I, I get woo. I, I I'm, I'm now writing for this online newspaper mm -hmm. and, and I think we've decided to name my, my article, you know, wowing woo. Mm -hmm. right? right. Because I was told not to be woo. Ah. Right. That's who I am. I'm right. going to talk to you about the Akashic records. I'm going to talk to you about the sixth, the seventh, the eighth dimension. Yeah. I'm going to tell you about the construct of the universe and how that affects you right now and how you can tap into that. Yeah. And here's the thing, Gail, when somebody <laughs> says to you, don't give me that stuff. They're not my client. They're not your prospect. They're not your client. And, and, <laughs> and so if you say, if you buy that, advice and say, oh, I guess I'm not going to talk about these things because somebody has said that's not any good. All you're doing is, is not being you, is letting people in who find you safe. And then when it comes time for you to go to work and help them, and you start talking about the things that you actually talk about, they're going to be like, what the heck? And right? they're going to be out of there. Right? And, and so, you know, good marketing and being authentic is as much about attracting prospects as it is disqualifying suspects. And right, so, exactly. Yeah, don't be afraid to be you because you want people to choose you, not some, some you know. Uh, some avatar. Sure. <laughs> or yeah. template of what some marketing coach tells you is good. And, you know, I talked about it in the context of robots, but the same thing goes for templated emails and templated, uh, you know, funnels. Uh, so many marketers out there pitching, you know, hey, uh, here's the template. Here's, here's the emails that I sell that have worked really, really well. Just fill in the blanks, change it for, for you know, your name, your business, your target market, and this thing will work gangbusters. Eh, yeah, no, well, maybe, yeah. but, yeah. you know, are you going to get the right clients? Are they going to know, like, and trust you? Are you really going to have lifetime relationships with them? The right. greatest compliment that I get from people who are on my email list is every time I get an email from you, Tom, I know it's an email from Tom without even seeing your name on it. 
when I read your stuff, I know it's you. And that's what you should all be aiming for. Letting you be you so much so that the people who engage with you feel like they're in a relationship with you and that they, and that they're connected with you because that's what you want when you're doing work with them, whether you're a a financial advisor or a woo coach or whatever the case, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and that's what marketing is all about. So, so go back to, you know, back in the fifties and the sixties when commercials on TV were first, right. And they Mm -hmm. were marketing to children. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, they were tapping into what's going to make this child go to mommy and daddy and say, I have to have that toy. It's going to be the color. It's going to be, you know, what it incites. It's going to be the imagination that it creates. It's going to be all of these things. And then how do I put that in the cereal box? So you buy that cereal. Yep. Right. And, and they figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and an important lesson from that story that you just told is that the best marketing and best advertising is all about understanding the prospect. What's the journey that they're on? What are their right. needs? What is right. it that, that drives them? It's too many marketers, too many advertisers are all me, me, me. Here are my credentials. Here's what I do. Here are the awards I've gotten. Here's the name of the TED Talk I gave without any acknowledgement of the journey that your prospects are on. So I've taken all of my credentials off the internet. Like who gives a frig, quite frankly, because I know plenty of people who probably have the same credentials that I wouldn't send my dog to. Yeah. Well, and- yeah and and here's where i would say credentials i personally don't take all the credentials off but i'll share with you a framework that i i teach to really put this in perspective it's called the wheel framework w h e e l and think about these things i'm about to to lay out as a good way to structure a website an about us page, a brochure. This is gold, folks. Mark it down. Yeah. (laughs) Take out your pencil, take some notes, you know, uh, turn on your recorder, whatever it may be. So W, why? Why is the prospect buying? That's the first question your, your marketing needs to answer. And that is the heart of the story, the stories you tell are not your legendary origin story about the ditch you climbed out of or the garage where you invented the widget. The stories that you're telling are going to be relevant and reflect back on the journeys the prospects want to take from frustration to relief, from fear to confidence, from uh, stuck to unstuck, whatever, whatever the journey may be. Why is it that they're going to buy? Because they want to take that journey. Mm-hmm. Okay, then how do you deliver? And that's really where you're describing your product and service. So, so when I talk about what I'm doing, I talk about helping prospects, uh, helping, you know, my, my clients move from frustrated to relieved from, uh, prospects tuning out to prospects turning on by teaching them how to transform their content from boring to brilliant why they buy, they want to make that journey, have more prospects, have people tuning into their content, how that happens, 
by learning how to power up their content with stories and creative content. Mm -hmm. What makes me different? Okay. This is where you start talking about, or um, this is where you start talking about your competitive edge. That's the third E. Why, how, edge. What's my competitive edge? Well, I, among the competitive edges that I bring to the table, I keep it much simpler than some of these other storytelling coaches who want you to master 10-step formulas or remember all of the elements of the hero's journey or treat every blog post you write as if you're building a little mini screenplay. Mm -hmm. I keep it simple. So that's one of many edges. Nobody cares about the fact that I keep it simple until they're leaning in because I've told them why and I've told them how. So why, how, edge. And then the fourth E is evidence. What evidence is there that, that you do what you say you do? Okay. And this is where, when you, when you tell stories, you're really tapping into that emotional side of the brain, the the right side of the brain. You're getting people excited. You're talking about emotional journeys, right? From fear to relief or, or whatever the case may be. And there's that old adage that, that people buy on emotion. I don't think that's quite right. I think people lean in when they're emotionally turned on. But then the left brain says, well, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. I, I'm not grabbing my wallet until... Right, there's some analysis. Yeah, I need yeah. to check some boxes here. And right, this is because when... that side of your brain has to be okay that you decided to say yes. Right. The emotional right. side of the brain gets you to the table, gets you leaning in, gets you saying, tell me more, tell me more. I want this. I want this. I want this. But then the left side of the brain wants to check some boxes and, and says, well, what makes you different? What's your edge? And then they really want to see evidence. And this is where the credentials come in. Oh, right. you're certified. Oh, you've given a TED talk. Oh, your client count. You've served, you know, you've served 5 billion burgers. That's important. Okay. Mm. Now I trust it. And then the L is lighten the load. And by lighten the load, what I mean is sometimes people are right there ready to buy, but they're hesitant. Um, uh, you know, maybe I'm not, I'm just not sure. Well, that's where a guarantee comes in or a try before you buy or something like that. So W Y H how E, what's your edge? Second E, what's the evidence? And L, how can you lighten the load? And so all of that adds up to you get somebody leaning in, get somebody fired up, you provide the evidence, and they're more likely to turn on. And at the top of that, that W, why are they going to buy? That's where stories are so important. Because oh, absolutely. Yes. If, if you lead with a story, they they get it. They understand why. Why are we even having this conversation? Why you should know, I care? And, and, you know, Tom, the story does not have to be your own. You know, I like I said no. early, I have so many um, of my own that I can feed in. But yeah. sometimes I'm telling the story of a client. Yeah. Right. Sometimes I'm telling the story of, you know, one of my favorites is early, early on. Like I said, I was a business coach. Right. I was pushed into this. And so I have this gentleman and we're going to do a five year plan. I have the map up and all the things that we're going to do. 
And the first thing I, I say to him, I said, so, so tell me about your business. And he says, my business is getting me down with his head down and he's backing up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, why am I going to do a five-year plan with someone who doesn't even like what they do? Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. so, so I'm like, okay, we, this is where like, take that down. And this is where the woo comes out. Right. Right. Why? Why are you even in this business? What's going on with you? What are you trying to achieve? What's your your history as a child that made you think that you had to do this thing? Right. We went through all of that and we completely changed the trajectory of his life. I love it. Yeah, Yeah, I love it. And and you're you're 100 percent right. There are so many places that stories can come from. You know, the important thing is you start by understanding what makes your prospects tick and what tips and ideas and and lessons are going to resonate to help enable the journey that they want to take. And then those lessons can come from anywhere. They can come from a slice of life story that you experienced. They can come from some scene in a movie that you saw. They can come from some uh, thing in a book or something directly that happened to a client. I'll I'll share, I mentioned delegation a moment ago. I'll share a quick story about delegation because it really brings home this distinction between more of the same information only blah 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 content versus story powered content it okay. it um an executive coach with whom i work she had written a blog post before i began working with her and her work is to help business owners and high level executives get off the hamster wheel and enjoy life more and so on and so forth. And she had written a blog post about delegation, which is a really important skill for business leaders and business owners to master. And the blog post went something like this. Delegation is one of the most important business skills for any business owner or leader to master. The when you delegate properly, your business can run smoothly and you, you know, blah, blah, blah. When you delegate improperly, da, 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 here are five tips, you know, boring. And oh, by the way, if I ask ChatGPT or some other AI copywriting robot to write me a blog post uh, explaining why delegation is important and offering five tips, I'd have a blog post in 12 seconds that would be as good, if not better. So what I did is I sat down with her and I said, well, uh, you know, talk to me about some of the work you've done. Think about, uh, give me a client story of somebody um, who learned to delegate with you or, or give me some experience of how you broke through and came to understand delegation. You know, let's, let's just find some stories here. And one of the stories that she came up with was a, re- a true story about a business owner who had run this business for 20 years and had never been on a vacation longer than a long weekend. Friday through Tuesday was the longest vacation this guy had taken in 20 years. And why was that? Because he had the whole weight of the company on his shoulders. If he left, he was stressed and and freaking out. If he left, he would get phone calls while on vacation from people. What do I do, boss? Um, And he just he couldn't leave because he was the linchpin of the whole operation. She taught him how to delegate. He was able to go on a vacation, a two-week vacation, had a ball. When he returned, the place was running better than it ever did. Morale was high. People were fired up, the whole, the whole thing. And so the subject line started as an email and then went to her blog. The subject line for this story was how a stressed-out owner let go 
and got away. And the photo that went with this with the email was a guy on a hammock on a beach in a sunset and so forth, which is exactly what this guy did. He went on a beach vacation. So let's take that subject line. How a stressed out owner before let go and the action got away after. There are right. three parts of great stories. Three parts. Right. Part one, empathize. Understand where the prospect, where where your client is, mm -hmm. stressed out, stuck, the pain. never, you know, um, weight of the world on his shoulders. Envision, second E, envision, get away, free, hammock on a beach. Mm -hmm. okay. 30, enable. Okay. Remember that wheel structure, right. why and how, right. why and how? The why is empathize, envision, the story. Why, why do they hire you? Because they want to escape they, they where want they are. The hammock. They want and they happen. and they want to get to where they want to they get want to get to where you envision. And what's the H? How it's how you enable that journey to happen. That's right. the story, and and that story is told in a tiny subject line: how a stressed out owner before got away after how by learning to let go, right? Enable powerful and right. give and me a call you, and i'll show you how if, right? if you are a prospect if you are somebody she wants to work with and you say see that first thing you're going to do is say yeah I, I am kind of feeling stressed out next thing you're going to see is yeah i kind of would like to let go and get away and you're going to read that oh, you're absolutely. Read the story and then when it gets to the tips oh okay learning to delegate call to action at the bottom, call to schedule. It's exactly what happens. And if you just dish out the same old boring lectures, blah, 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 the same things that robots are kicking out now at warp speed, why is anybody going to read it? Why are they going to choose you over all of the other needles in that haystack of sameness? They're, right. they're not going to find you. They, but if you... Right. They're not going to. Yeah. They're, they're looking for the human. And what's interesting that the robots are playing such a role right now is we are at a time where the human connection is at a premium. People yeah. desire that connection, yeah. right? Um, it took us, not me, but it took people a long time to feel that connection over yep. Zoom. I can remember, you know, networking meetings I used to be in in person going, well, this isn't working. We have to be in person. I'm like, no, you <clears> don't. <throat> well, I'm not feeling that energy. I'm like, I feel it. What do you mean you don't feel the energy, right? You're, you're blocking it. This is a mindset thing because there's mm -hmm. just as much energy here, but that human connection. And so when you do, when you choose same old, and you mm -hmm. choose not to share your story, then you are depriving your potential prospect of that human connection. Amen. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Oh my God, Tom, I could go on and on forever, but we, <laughs> need, we need to cut this short. So if people want to get in touch with you and hear more and maybe even work with you, Tom, how would they do that? Well, the best place to start is by going to my website, Story Power Marketing, all one word, 
no hyphens, just all mushed together, storypowermarketing.com. And when you go to the website, a little pop-up, it's going to show up with an invitation to join my email list. And I practice what I preach. I share stories that are informative and entertaining, that are all me, that are human, that are funny, all of that. And I encourage you to join the email list because it's just a great taste of story power marketing. Then there are some free resources on the site, videos, downloads, that sort of thing. And if you're interested in learning more, there are going to be a lot of opportunities that you'll see in the emails of how you can connect. And, and uh, we have a, a great coaching program called the Content Transformation Academy and, and various opportunities. But start with the email list and the free resources and, and we can go from there. I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, my last name is spelled R-U-W-I-T-C-H. So look up Tom Ruich on LinkedIn. I'm the only one you'll find if you spell it right. And I'll be happy to connect with you. And when you reach out, uh, please tell me you heard about me on the on Gail's podcast. Absolutely. Otherwise, he won't let you in. He'll, he'll think uh, you're trying no, to sell I, I'll let you in. I just won't like you as much. <laughs> I actually don't, unless you tell me how you heard from me. Uh. So again, thank you again, Tom. And everybody, thank you for listening. This is Gail Craft from the Empowering Process Podcast. If there was something in here that kind of interested you, or if you have a question, please do put it in the comments. And Tom and I would be happy to get back to you if this is something that you know someone could gain information from and maybe benefit from, do share it out. And as always, please, please, please like us, do subscribe so you know when there are more episodes coming up. Gail Craft from the Empowering Process Podcast. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast. Be sure to visit Gail at gailcraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.